I definitely see design as this living process. I actually use the design web to design the design web. We are all designers and what we're doing is uncovering our innate abilities by using these conscious design processes. Hey all and welcome on back to the Making Permaculture Stronger podcast with your host, myself, Dan Palmer. And in this episode, I share a follow-up conversation with permaculture designer, teacher, author, Luby McNamara. As discussed in the last conversation with, with Luby, the our purpose was to dive into what she calls the, the design web, which is a, a permaculture design process offering. Uh, and I consider Luby a, a, a colleague, a peer in, in the work of um, striving towards design process presentations, understandings, processes um, that are that are kind of pushing the boundaries and seeking to striving to um, escape or depart from a lot of the flawed ideas and thinking that so deeply infuse how we tend to go about this stuff. A lot of it, to me, is residue from a mechanistic "treat the world as a dead machine" uh, philosophy that we we generally don't know how deeply infuses the way we see, think, uh, and act. Um, and so that includes things like a rigid split between designing and implementing, between observing and designing. The whole idea of a flowchart, a linear sequence of steps. The idea that whatever the language and the metaphors we use to describe design process and the outcomes of design process, um, they boil down to the idea of integrating separate elements into whole systems. Um, and that's not only how we think about the outcomes of a design process, it's also how we think about and describe the design process itself as, as, a, as a quest to try and click together these different components. And um, and so it was great to, great to wrap my head around the design web. Um, really great to get to deepen my connection with Luby, um, someone I'm interested to con continue the conversation with and, and also to um, continue the trajectory of moving the conversation to one of critical um, collaborative discovery and emergence and um, rather than like, oh, here's my design process approach, here's yours. What would it mean to, to establish a culture of disrupting um, ourselves and each other's thinking, acknowledging this is a multi-generational task to really think feel and design ourselves out of the the deep residue of, of ideas that that to me just pollute and distort the potential of what our design processes could be in terms of deeply aligning with and honoring and participating in and creating and generating a life aliveness so i really invite you to, to listen with a uh, appreciative and yet critical ear and and to reach your own kind of conclusions and i'd love to hear from folks that are familiar, more familiar with the design web have been using it in their work um you know i like that of crash testing these things and, and acknowledging that none of us has has got the answer as luby makes clear she's very aware of also so big thanks to luby um at the end you'll hear an invitation a possibility that if there's enough interest if you make enough comments and give us enough ideas luby's generously um said she's open to a follow-up conversation where who knows, we might workshop live with some listeners or give you a kind of an experiential journey through through the design web. And by the way, you can check out Luby's work right now at cultural-emergence.com and you can check out Making Permaculture Stronger at makingpermaculturestronger.net. Come on over, send me a message, share your enthusiasm and love for, for all this. Um, so enjoy the conversation and I will catch up with you in the next episode. All right, so this episode finds me back in conversation with Luby McNamara. Great to have you back, Luby. 
Yeah, thanks for having me back. Pleasure. And it, I'm I'm loving the the vibe here because we had we had the previous episode, which in part was a chance to get to know each other. And since then, I've had a chance to look at a review copy of Cultural Emergence, your most recent book. And only just in the last uh, 12 hours or so have engaged with it deeply enough to kind of get hit with um, the significance to me of what, what, what you've achieved there and appreciating that like a lot of work is a lot of time and work and thinking and stuff has, has gone into this. Um, so I'm really excited to dive into to your thoughts around design process today. Great. Um, all right. Well, let, I'm going to set this. I'll, I'll set this in a little bit. So just to let you know how I'm approaching this. So uh, making permaculture stronger's focus is design process and a, a condensed version of its intention, its reason for existing is around regenerating permaculture design process together. So cracking our design process. So understanding is open and, and getting rid of the fluff and mechanistic residue and stuff that's come from other places, not to do with life and, and participating in life and then re like going going back to the core the radical core of what permaculture is about and regenerating process understandings and one reason i'm excited to, to talk to you is that i see you as, as an example of someone who's done that and so there's that going on i'm also really passionate about what i call living design process which is a another angle or approach informed by christopher alexander's work exploring this idea of what would it mean if our design processes themselves were alive and I was excited to to sense flavors of that references to that in your book, which we could touch on. Yeah, and so I'm I'm this is my thing. I'm really into design process, so really excited to find someone else who's gone there and done a um, huge amount of processing and thinking and feeling and, and generating. And so what I'd love to do is really dive in, you know, get stuck into it, and and me continue to wrap myself around it with the enormous benefit of having the actual creator <laughs> in the conversation to to answer questions. And do what we can to leave listeners with a, a grasp of this thing as as a as a compelling and deep and systemic approach to to designing anything. Mm. How does that sound? Yeah, lovely. Yeah, there's a there's a couple two threads that I'd like to um, follow up on immediately. Mm. Yeah, there is this idea of of the li a living design, and I think people can get a bit caught up in desire designs being this this kind of product that we end up with and i think of designs as this this living st breathing story this navigational tool that you create for yourself this personal navigational tool so that as you um as you've done the design then as you continue living and breathing and evolving with it 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 it, it lives and breathes and evolves alongside alongside you and alongside what what you're doing and that it becomes this sort of integrated part of your being or part of your group if you're designing with people with your family or whatever that it it molds it shifts and it grows and it becomes embedded so yeah as that definitely i definitely see design as this living process um yeah and then the other thing that i w wanted to pick up on is this idea of designing anything and it's one of those things that's said quite frequently about permaculture we can use it to design anything but then the the examples don't really seem to cover 
my idea of what anything is in life you know and they're they're like yeah you can design it to design a garden or a farm or community garden or even maybe a business and then it kind of sort of seems to stop at that and you're thinking well that doesn't really feel like anything and everything to me (laughs) what does anything and everything mean and and so and so then it's like I, I, and since people and permaculture came out with the design web in 2012 since then i have seen um through my being a diploma tutor as well hundreds of designs and her and people have shown me hundreds of designs where every time um, i think i understand what it can be used for someone expands that horizon for me and I find oh it's like you know someone designing for an elderly parent or you know designing to become a mum or um, designing a new job or designing um, learning a, a foreign language designing becoming an elder you know it's all these life transitions designing learning skills um all sorts of things that you wouldn't go oh that's part of permaculture you know they uh, and i don't think i've even really done justice in those few sentences on on the the range of designs that i've seen um maybe i'll think of more ones ones as we as we talk because it really can be used for anything that you want to change in your life you want to change develop enhance fix it it can be used for it can be used for anything that um that you need an action plan for anything that you have patterns around anything you appreciate anything you vision as something different so yeah those were my Mm -hmm. thank you yeah two thoughts there's a there's a part of me that wants to dive into my reflections on those two reflections (laughs) but we'll come back around what what, this one little marker is the the distinction between the way the word design how it can get quite sneaky and, and it can start as a verb but end up end up becoming this this noun which means it starts to get separated out anyway beautiful so what i want to focus on first is the uh, uh, origin story a little bit about where the design web originated which you've touched you've given us a few hints already yeah so why don't we start there and then then i thought there was a couple of there's a couple of passages from the cultural emergence book that just that, that really got my juices flowing. I thought I could I could read those out to give people a sense of of the domain or the space we're entering. But yeah, what's the origin story? Another way to think about it would be to say, if the design web is an answer, what what's the question? Well, you know, what what what, what was it created to fulfil or to to contribute? Um, well, actually, <laughs> it was created. It was an emergent process. So the uh, the question I was actually asking myself when it came about was, can we have a a funky acronym? <laughs> um, because a lot of the design processes that I know of in permaculture, uh, you know, the acronyms are like SADIMET or BREDIMET. And I think it was an NLP course and they were using an acronym of SMILE. And I was like, that's so much nicer than SADIMET. 
And so I, so I went away and I thought, oh, we must be able to get, a, you know, a, a better acronym here. So actually that was my starting point. But, uh, but then the answer that emerged from that was not an acronym <laughs> so, um, at all. It, I, I needed to lose the idea of an acronym because what I was doing was playing with this of like the different words you could use of like goal or vision or dream. And so I've got the different initials of that. And then I was playing with all these different words and variations of kind of like the same thing of like helps or resources or um, and and then I, and then I was starting to play with the order of it, trying to find this magic acronym um, there. And and through that process, I was like I was actually started drawing this web and like going, well, it could be that order or that order. Or you could have, you know, your ideas could become come before your vision. And actually, in order to, um, you know, and so then I started playing with this idea of the web and realizing it's this non-linear process and 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 recognizing from the pdcs that i taught on how people had so many people had struggled with that when we're saying no you can't design yet you need to do your survey and um and and that it is this non-linear process and then i actually used the design web to design the design web so I, I actually started playing with it literally with paper on the floor and moving around and seeing how it felt in different phase, in different places and what connected with what. And it was so it was this whole embodied, immersive experience to create it. It, it, uh, it wasn't... Um, it wasn't just a head experience. It, it was a whole bodied experience. And I think, I think that that's maybe why people find so much resonance in it and relate to it so much because it has that, those layers of, of bodies in there. So it's like when we're talking about patterns, there's layers of patterning in our body and in our minds and that that's then how it, it another connection with cultural emergence there it's like the layers of patterns that are laid down from our culture and how that influences then any design we're doing so it, yeah it was a process that that had many layers and connections within it so I was using the process to design the process <laughs> um Mm, yes yeah, it's, yeah. it's great that that something along those lines was clear to me as I was engaging with it that that you couldn't have arrived where you've arrived by by thinking logically from existing offerings it was clear that what you were doing was was articulating things that you were experiencing and m mentioning that the 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 design web emerged from itself <laughs> in a sense you know um there was yeah. there, there there was like a quote that really grabbed me from the from the um, preface or the whatever it's called, the, the bit where John Young introduces the book. Um, mm -hmm. that I just loved, I wanted to read out what he said, when, when we step into an empty space, one of the best things we can do is be an open channel and allow the creative energy to flow through us. If we are doing what we always do, then we're not open, open channels. 
we need to disrupt our patterns and throw ourselves into the unknown um, to to allow ourselves to surface obstacles and resources that get energy moving. Uh, and I think I've, I think I might have just, I think I might have accidentally left off the the punchline, which was, in other, it was something like, in other words, to paraphrase him, in other words, um, we need to foster emergence by being in emergent processes ourselves. The language I often think and use and feel in this regard is, is in order to genuinely um, align with, participate, and contribute to life, we need to be alive, and our processes need to be alive. And so I was so excited to see that that kind of recursion in the in the language as well as what you just shared. Yeah. So the principle there um, is use emergence to support emergence. Yes. One of our our cultural emergence principles that did emerge out of the process of emerging cultural emergence <laughs> um, <laughs> layers of emergence happening <laughs> yeah maybe i'll read out there's there's another line from somewhere else in the book or a few sentences that i just that i think will help give listeners a sense of or a feeling of the, the approach where you say the design web is a non-linear process with non-linear outcomes and possibilities Emergent design reflects the flexibility and unexpectedness of cultural emergence. It allows for solutions to emerge that take the design in a new direction. It is organic, responsive, adaptive, fluid, flowing, and dynamic. As the design emerges, we continue to weave our way between the anchor points, which we'll introduce in a little bit. An attitude of emergence enables us to flow and move with what is arising. It recognizes that recognizes that things are not always as they seem. There is more to discover and be revealed. The process is alchemical with surprises along the way. And it was, I think it was when I read that, I really, you know, I start to get tingles kind of thing. I, I find these flavors rare or, or sometimes we give them lip service, you know, but but to actually have a, a, a rigorous, repeatable process understanding that genuinely honors that that flexibility and fluidness and aliveness is rare so yeah bring it yeah yeah it is it's it's that living process isn't it that we're mm. a part of that we as we step forward on the path we discover new surprises we come to limiting factors that we had no idea about and we need to either say yes this i'm, I'm gonna move through this I, I will find a way over this or hmm, maybe i actually don't want this as much as i want this path over here that has just opened up let's go this way or let's you know there's there's always new things to discover new um possibilities in there of how how the context shifts around us and how we you know there's so many layers of context as well that shift mm. around us so mm. there's the, the our personal layers of context that shift as well as you know global layers of context as we've seen over the last year that we're not none of our designs are in a vacuum they're all connected with each other and with these contexts that if we don't pay attention to then the design doesn't have the same depth and resonance and longevity in there yeah 
from my own experience, it's, it's just so important. It's so so. It's one of those pattern interrupt things, right? Like it's like, oh, we're going to design whatever. We're going to design our farm, or we're going to design our garden, and and then sort of constrained or stay within the your initial understanding of what you're what you're doing, and you know, it's going to have. We're going to do this, and then this, and then this, as opposed to the real. What to me really brings it alive, which is getting in flow, getting in process, and and listening and feeling, and like exactly what you're saying, noticing that things are always shifting and new layers of context are being revealed, new directions and possibilities. And, and if you can get into that mode, so often you end up somewhere so much more wildly exciting and fulfilling and nourishing and benefiting to so many different entities, you know, than was even on the, on the radar at the beginning. Yeah. And the, this is what so many of us, I think, start a design thinking we know what the end point is. And, and so I say this, like, start without your end in mind, which might seem totally counterintuitive uh, to people. It's like, what do you mean start yeah. without the end in mind? I thought the point was to start with the end in mind and work out how to get there. And it's like, like well, you can do that, but then you will get to that point where you think you want to want to be. But maybe that isn't your optimum place. Mm-hmm. If you actually let the design become like this dialogue this is like the design is the is like a a facilitator almost of yourself and your process and it can unlock doors which you can't unlock by yourself if you allow it to speak to you and to be in this this conversation this dynamic conversation that can happen between you and the design that allows the design to pop out it's like the process needs to do the talking for itself don't assume you know what it's going to say mm-hmm. um which is so uh, how we uh, often approach conversations assuming we know what the other person's going to say but actually when we quieten down and listen so many different things come out totally mm-hmm. Hey, one question I did have was I've stayed away over time from using the word vision for some of the reasons you just mentioned, which is often when I ask people for a vision, they they go to seeing, you know, and, and they describe what they want to see, which can too easily, in my experience, become a kind of a rigid image of where they want to arrive. And then design becomes closing the gap and losing the potential to discover that. Like, often I actually say to people, they say, oh, well, I want, you know, sometimes it's a it's hyper specific. <laughs> it's like I want a red barn, and then there's going to be three teepees, and there's going to be, and sometimes it's not that that specific. But often I say, hey, let's park that for now. Tell me how you want to feel, how you want to be, you know, that kind of stuff. Which, I, which, I, and I get that's this. That I get get the sense you totally are onto that distinction. But you, it's you found yeah. that you can use vision in a way that doesn't kind of fall into that trap. Or what's your experience? Yeah, that doesn't make it this one sense experience that um, fills it out um yeah I think that when you uh, I guess it's all about the questions that follow isn't it it's Mm. like so so when you say what's your vision how will you feel when you've met that how will you yeah be what will your what will be around you and I think actually visioning it is valuable and having the kind of the checklist of what you want is really powerful and knowing what you don't want as well is really powerful. And I, I think it might be useful here for our listeners to have a, a story mm, of one great. of my designs. Um, and the, mo- the most powerful 
story I have of the design process is um, from myself and my partner, we had been wanting our own permaculture place for ages and we got to the point where we were like, well, okay, let's actually look Luby you've written this book about designing let's um let's use the design web to um to do our land search design and um so we went through it what were the patterns what were the, what what resources do we have our helps and you know we went through all of this and played with ideas of location and you know size of property and 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 we actually created a vision statement as well of um a, 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 a quite a detailed like two-page document of what we wanted to do on our like the courses we want to run and things and through that actually we um we got offered a piece of land to buy which had been um through some people who'd been into permaculture and it had a polytunnel already in a compost toilet and it was great and it was you know a stunning piece of land and it was just wonderful and we were really excited and happy about it and then I uh, and so that went through and we actually we ran a couple of courses on there and um, Ro Morrow came and we did a teach training on that uh, that piece of land and um but we weren't living there and we were living sort of 20 miles away and all the how we thought we would go through the whole planning permission and all the houses that we were trying to rent or even buy nearby like five different places fell through for really random reasons you know it was like yeah this place is available for rent oh no actually sorry it's not anymore you know and it was just like what what why and we were just getting these no no no's around this and and after about 18 months of this we were like really like what is going on here you know what is going on let's go back to our design here and then we were like looking at limits and and you know in terms of our ideas of location and we're like uh, actually in six months time the limit of my eldest daughter being at school has gone because we've got this window of the summer holidays before she starts college and we can move somewhere and 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 I you know I had m- moved and to the um partner Chris was away and we had moved house again so we were now uh 15 miles away instead of 20 miles away was kind of as close as we could get and I did this move and I I remember landing on the sofa at the end of the day of this move and going never again I've got one more move in me just one I'm not you know and I was just like I've got one more move that's it and then that's my limit and so it was like this paying attention to limits of like okay well this limit of location has moved and and I've reached the limit on on um moving house and and our resources had shifted and, you know, and so there was like, we needed to go back and we made this really hard decision to abandon this piece of land, to abandon this going for this vision here and there. um, And to say, okay, well, let's release the limit of location and 
work within the limits of our finances, which might not be in this location. And let's find somewhere where our home, where we've got our home and land together. And what came and and then we, what came out of that was just this place that we're living in now and we were also aware from living from doing this other project that well actually I don't want to be a market gardener I'm not doing this to have a piece of land that I need to farm I'm doing this as a piece of I need a piece of land where people can enjoy being and is on a course and the place we found was is just absolutely wonderful you know it's so there were lessons that came out of that of paying attention to designs and where what you know and what what shifts in terms of limits and and checking in with your vision as well so it was really like you know it is the vision to um you know grow, grow crops no it isn't okay mm. let's that isn't what we need from the land because this land that we've got would be actually hopeless if we were running a market garden but we're not we're and it's absolutely beautiful as a nature retreat and um and and the other learning is about the naming of the design there as well so we had land search and we found some land hooray and that but the design wasn't complete because we didn't have a home so it was like okay don't leave you know where are the boundaries of your design actually if you leave something important out you might succeed in that part there that you have designed it but you're not complete and so um you know how do do you make sure that you include what needs to be included in your design focus Mm -hmm. yeah fully yeah resonates with such a core um, aspect of health healthy design for me like that I, I see it as this fluid moving line between what you can't change and that you have to fit in with the your design process has to kind of accommodate and what you can change and, and as you're going along some of those things you know, initially it's well wow, what about kids at school so that's part of the context but hang on there's shifting now we can change that and that thing that that was a shift across. Well, part of the context is we need we're going to be market gardening. Oh, hang on, no, that's actually something we can we can shift the context change now. That's yeah. right, it's, and yeah. and and that. It, and we found and we 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 moved in the summer holidays. Yep. You know that was, you know, six months later we had gone from actually uh, thinking we were going down this one route from with the land to no let's not do that let's look for another place which we were really could be anywhere um we were thinking overseas even we went from doing that to actually buying the place and moving in it like in exactly the week we (laughs) we wanted to and and that process um was actually when we started the process with john young on um cultural emergence emerging as well and a week after we moved in was when me and john did our first course here the uh, first course at applewood was cultural emergence course so yeah the you know the timing of it was impeccable <laughs> beautiful yeah as it was i was i was touched by how in the um forward forward that john spoke about how much he's taken on you know someone who's deeply plugged in as a master holistic tracker and 
um, how much value he's gotten from cultural emergence and the design web. And that's how it's become part of him and, and is, is moving through the organization he's part of. And that, that's one thing I wanted to mention that I really pick up um, on that as, as a huge part of the value in this, this offering is that, which of course is like, to me, any approach, it's something as profound and sacred as, as, you know, um, something that can hold uh, genuine creation process is always going to be limited, you know, and keep evolving. It's like a puny finger pointing at the moon or whatever. Um, we're never going to nail it, but, um, but, but I can see the the beautiful value that the design web is, is, is providing in terms of almost like to me, I, I had the image or the sense of, of, of lubricating or just helping people start to move and, and get out of stuckness and, Hey, why don't you throw some attention here? And what about over here now? And, Oh, there's an opening here. Okay. This, this is like, like an example you just gave, it turned out that limits was the kind of um, maybe an example, perhaps of what you call the golden key, which is another lovely concept that during a design process, if you're aware of, and your, and your 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 sensor is turned on. The the process will reveal pieces of information or whatever that just like ching and suddenly a whole doorway um, opens up. And I, I, I the other image I wanted to share was <laughs> this, this is an undeveloped metaphor, but it was like like um the cilia in the digestive tract or something. You know, each of the anchor points being this little supporting thing that at a different time this one can move things along. Um, you know, just 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 that. There's 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 a whole lot of different um, things that can can keep the process moving, mm. <laughs> and, and and the thing is to get people started, right? Get it in flow. Yeah, yeah. not so sure I'm, about that I'm, metaphor. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting metaphor. The <laughs> digestive tract. <laughs> I haven't thought about that one before. That's my, my gift to you. Play with it. It's a, yeah, moving moving things that are stuck. Which actually, um, I reminds me i'll have i'll share two stories um about john's designing um that i i know he'll be happy that i've shared them with you um um the 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 first one is that um well it's actually the second of his designs but he was designing for um uh finding a play a new place for him and his um partner and family and they um they were as, as successful as manifesting their dream place um, as as I was here. And when I sent her, him copy of Cultural Emergence when it came out, he was like, he had just moved in, and he was like, "Luby, so you need I've manifested this. You need to send me a certificate to you know something to share that I've, uh, you know, I have actually completed a, a design here." So <laughs> he got a lovely, you know, hand hand drawn certificate from me that I've you've done it, John. You've manifested your design web here. It's it's become real. Um, and so that, he's happy to have that. And um, and then the second story, which um, the first time we did um, uh, the design web course, uh, which we're now calling the SEED course, the Cultural Emergence Effective Design course, we did this together online. And when I do the a SEED course, I, whether it's in person or online, I like to do a design for myself because it's a great opportunity to be in that bubble and to use that as storytelling as my design unfolds. How is it on how are other people's designs unfolding for them? And he um, so he did a design 
um, as well, John did, and his design was about um, not being a bottleneck of leadership in his organization. And uh, as I shared, naming your design is really important. So I was like, well, you know, John, what are you going to call your design? And he said, well, I'm going to call it beautiful movement um, or BM for short, you know, that <laughs> for, for short for the bowel movement. He goes, so just so I don't take it myself too seriously or this design. <laughs> so, uh, so that, yeah, design, <laughs> designing our movement processes, our digestive processes. Yeah, you know, better than it, all these me mechanical metaphors that are always sneaking in. Yeah. <laughs> all right well let's let's give attempt and it's, it's difficult because as i've been emphasizing it's layered but can we attempt to give people a, a, a kind of an image of of what the layers are mm. yeah where would you like me to start well i mean i'll tell you maybe maybe i can share my understanding very preliminary limited understanding then you can bounce off that to, to sharpen it up um and so at the, at the least i'll be clear <laughs> Um, and the listeners can go and get the yeah. book if they need to. And, and we'll share we'll share an image of the design web as well. That would be great. So that, yeah, um, yeah. People can get that visual. So my understanding is there's four phases, and then there's um, so within each of these there is I guess three anchor points. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So so that those those are two really core. Um, layers is the four phases um, and each phase has three anchor points making for 12 anchor points and and, and as you've probably ascertained listener the the a big part of the idea is here is you don't need to be constrained by going through in any particular order you can move you know so oh th this is happening now all right great let's go and do that now let's now we're doing this now and then within each anchor point there's is it activities or what the there's the there's the what, what the challenges the three things well but each each anchor point has opportunities and challenges around it um, yes yeah opportunities challenges and tools yes okay yeah and then and then depending on the anchor point there's more layers like I, I i chuckled when i realized that inside the integrate anchor point there was a whole another layer of um a, a kind of a process flow with, within that um so there's lots going on but let's let's go through the four phases and then the anchor mm. points does that work yeah so um maybe maybe i'll start with why they're called anchor points because Great. that was part of the story of how it came into being actually was when I sort of started realizing ah this is a web I then started really observing spider webs and really sort of like looking at them and seeing what was going on and they wow. are you know they have points of connection with the grass or the branch that they're weaving between and so calling those the anchor points they're holding the web so these 12 anchor points points hold the whole design in place and if you start losing them or start lo losing the connections then it starts all unraveling and unweaving mm. so the the stronger the web is you know the stronger the connection with the anchor points the more strength there is in the design and 
so yeah so there's there's 12 anchor points which i can just say briefly for the listeners here and they can look at that as well so we've got the the growth phase which is vision helps and limits and it so it's like the visioning what what would we like this this seed to grow into so it's like there's a there's a symbol of the seed and then we say okay well that's where we'd like this to grow into but what's what's going to help it so what resources do we have to help it what's the the watering the water and the soil that we can help uh, that can help this seed grow and then what's what are the limits what's going to stop this growing so that's the growth phase and then we move into the exploratory phase which is where like the seed has germinated and we've got shoots exploring out and we've got uh, roots growing going down into the earth and collecting nutrition and this so for this phase we've got um, patterns ideas and principles and this is where we start being a bit creative as well with the designs with the ideas and then how do we use the principles to give us more insights into what's happening and the patterns is an interesting one because it's like this it's part of our surveying and our observation of what is but it's also part of our visioning the future of what other regenerative patterns we want to put in place and both are an important part of that patterns anchor point and it's interesting the pattern i mean actually there's lots of the anchor points that really people find significant but patterns is definitely one of them that um that that reveals sometimes very surprising things and sometimes it can be quite a small shift in the patterns that yields these huge unexpected um regenerative processes to unfold and so we've got so there we are we've moved from the the growth phase with the seed and then into the exploratory phase with the seedling and then we move into the next phase which is the productive phase so this is like the fruiting um, phase and it's you know there's also a layer of thinking about this in terms of a life cycle of like the child and the uh, adolescence or apprentice phase and then this would be the adult uh, phase of getting things done Um, and so this is where we make decisions really uh, about our design and move into action so we've got integration action and momentum and I'll come back to integration because, as you say, there is there's many layers to, to integration as well. So we'll we'll recircle back around to integration. Um, and then the fourth phase is the elder phase or the reflective phase. And here we have appreciation, reflection, and pause. And this is like the mature you know like the this is the oak tree or that's really rooted and the elder phase so those are the four phases and the anchor points and 
one of the things that I think is quite significant and can yield a, a lot more so it's like the emergent processes that can happen with this design it's when we start bringing the anchor points together so we've got like the reflection and patterns of you know what have been the past patterns or the patterns and limits what what are the limiting patterns that we're we've got there or the helps and appreciation how can we appreciate the skills we've got and that yeah I think that that's where there can be extra emergence happening when these anchor points start connecting with each other and I feel like there's sort of is like the dancing partners you know and there's some there's some dancing partners that are really used to dancing with each other um uh, and then there's other unexpected dancing partners that can arise in the process uh, and give more wild <laughs> dancing <laughs> yeah awesome one one thing that arose to me just as you're sharing there which I'm, i always look for because what to me one of the residues of a mechanistic approach to design process which includes the idea of a flow chart which came from a fact the factory is the idea not just that you move through in a linear sequence but the, the 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 things and at a particular moment you're doing one of the things and not the others but if you're mm -hmm. if you're reflecting on patterns you're simultaneously in the reflection anchor point and the patterns anchor point if you're um appreciating helps you know you're simultaneously in two places at once and the, the, the major one that i've that i've kind of is a personal bugbear or something i'm, I'm looking at um, disrupting is the rigid split and separation between designing or thinking and or, and implementing or doing and so i was excited to see you alluding to the non you know well, i've got a quote here somewhere where is it oh yeah you said you talked about the, the the trap of thinking that i can't do anything until my design is completely thought through and written up and you said action can happen bef before all the designing happens and feels complete we can't see around the corner of the design and and often need to take the first steps to create movement and start to shake things up and let ideas loose, you know, and in that wording, I can see that, that rigid separation being cracked at and, and dissolved. Cause it, yeah. as you know, it's such a big block for people. Yes. And I see this um, with diploma designs as well. These, these design traps, I call them of, you know, that other, like the other design trap of how do I complete the design because it's a living thing that I've created and it's this living story and I haven't you know I can't finish it and and you think well yeah we our libraries would be a lot emptier if people needed you know to to know the end of the story you know how would we ever have any books finished and published if we didn't have that sort of sense of conclusion and completion of a cycle somehow so so how do we do that with our designs where are the, where's that point in which we can say okay that's enough for now that's good enough to share um to use sociocracy there it's safe enough to try good enough <laughs> to, for now and where's that sense of like well okay it's it's moved it may not it, I may be sharing it at a point where it hasn't moved in its entirety but it's moved 
enough for now, enough for me to share it. It's it's done something significant. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, in in its design, so in, in the life cycle of this design, it's transitioned from a uh, an egg to a tadpole. I can share it. It might also transition again from a tadpole to a frog, mm. um, but at the it's it's transitioned enough for me to be able to share it mm. now. And it's completed a stage, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to language almost. It's, it's completed without being fully completed. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, my friend uh, Regina says it's perfectly uh, imperfectly perfect, or perfect, mm. perfectly imperfect. Oh, I don't know, something mm. like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> completely incomplete or incompletely complete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One thing I was interested to explore with you is coming back to the idea of how design often becomes a, a noun. So it's this thing, you know, that, that comes out the end of a process, which often does have a sense of um, of overcompleteness to it. And all, and then tying that in with, you're talking about how the design web arose in a context of um, wanting to uh, bring designing to all facets of life, the nature of my day, the how our kitchen works, a relationship, a holiday, whatever, and how those things themselves are, they're all aspects of a larger life. So the way I, I kind of feel into it is it's like the your, your life is the river, which of course merged with all other lives. But but within that, there's there's little eddies. And we can say this eddy is me, is the, our process of finding a place to live. And this eddy is the book I'm working on, whatever it is. But they're all part of the one bigger flow. And so just as within the design web, you can move your attention from this anchor point to that anchor point. You, you're doing that within one eddy and that, and that can be moving around. And then at some point, an eddy has enough coherence to it, like you were saying before, to be something that you can name and share. And yet, of course, it's going to keep flowing because it's all flow. There's no... It's all it's all yeah. change. Yeah, so I think that is another sort of design trap for people that um, sense of designs interconnecting so much of like that. Oh, I can't possibly make a a decision about this uh, the, this design over here because mm. I don't know about this design over here, and uh, and and then there's this design over here and. I find that on land-based designs as well. It's like, well, I need to know about my whole 20 acres and um, before I can design my window box, you know, because actually I've got, where's my water coming from and the compost and the plants mm. and dot, 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 dot. And, mm. you know, and then, uh, and then that just paralyzes people. Um, and so then they can't make any design decisions and nothing happens. And I find this especially actually when people are designing with other people, because they um, they will see each person will see different parameters of the boundaries. So it will be like, you know, what one person comes in like, right. Yes, let's make a decision about this bed over here this vegetable bed and the other person will be going no no but actually I can't make a decision about which vegetables to grow in there until we've designed our entire compost system and that that you know the first person will be well I don't actually care about the compost system in this design um but 
no, you can't, you know, but we're actually let's decide about the entire water system. And then, and so, and, and so then actually you won't, you know, then what will happen is the compost system won't happen. The water system won't happen and the vegetables won't happen. And of course, all three things need to happen, but it's about the sort of sequencing and priorities and the boundaries and actually just taking steps forward. So I see that happening a lot um, and have personal <laughs> first-hand experience of that when, you know, it's like uh, either me or my partner will come to each other saying, can we make a decision about this and and thinking you know we're expecting a yes or no answer and actually we get this whole like well um before we can make that decision and then there, we've got this unfolding list of decisions to make that yeah it was too long so um so yeah the boundaries of a designer very interesting because mm-hmm. of course as you say it's like how can you design you know where's the eddies in a river where the boundaries there it's all part of that but the same thing in a way both both yeah it's a both and thing isn't it it's not like yes everything else is perfectly finished and locked in so now we can focus on our little piece and at the same time we can cultivate the ability to keep moving and and realize oh yeah the compost might change the water system might change we can still organize the process to flow attention towards veggies or whatever you let and let the let the thing emerge, yeah. which, as I said earlier, was what I see a, a, a significant contribution of the web is just loosen, loosen up, get get in, get moving. Okay, you're blocked here. Go over to this anchor point. Go over to this anchor point. Oh, now you did something. Now you can maybe come back to that one and yeah. so on. Yeah, and that's where I've got this image in um, the book as well of these uh, spinning stars, which um, which I I did this I- image. Um, for a presentation I did on a facilitator training because as I say when I do courses I like to go through the process myself and create Mm. designs and I was like seeing how these designs fit together and I was imagining these kind of these cogs that like the um so the limits of one design might actually become the momentum of another design or and that they they all fit together and they're all they, they've all got their own rhythm these designs so you might have you know or like I do have you know about t- 10 designs 10 20 designs happening but they're not all something I'm focusing on every day because oh. that would be too much That'd be crazy. Um, and uh, yeah and so, so but so they have their own season and their own pace and their rhythm and where, when they need attention mm. and uh yeah if a friend saw that uh that image and she said oh that uh, cogs she, she was from sweden so she said cogs i don't know what that word means but i i just see them as spinning stars and i thought actually that's so much nicer than cogs <laughs> Um, and and so I I see them now as these spinning stars, these different designs, and it's like well, you know, at any time you could, one might start moving that you need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The was fascinated, but it's so I, I catch myself every day, you know, the the mechanical metaphors sneaking in there, and often yeah. there's a useful idea there, but um, they have that mm. their baggage no, as well. Yeah, so I so I actually love now this updated metaphor here from these spinning stars, 
to these eddies that you've just mm-hmm. um, shared. And so that's that's got me thinking again about how these, yeah, yeah, how sometimes we might get swept by life into a certain eddy or a certain the certain eddy of a design and be like, okay, actually what's happening here, maybe something, maybe it's some really exciting opportunity that's creating this eddy that I need to pay attention to. Or maybe it's uh, like a, you know, um, what's the word? Like whirlpool. It's maybe maybe there's something that's actually draining my energy or mm. pulling me down, or some stuckness there that needs uh, uh, attention. And it's like, how do we observe that in our lives so we know what's what's going on? And yeah, I d- I've got another design that I've done um, on which I've called regenerative arm movement, which I I had after writing my first book, um, I ended up with repetitive strain injury um, in my arm. And that was, so I took that into a design process and renamed it as regenerative arm movement, what I actually wanted. And that is a design that I'm happy to say is mostly, uh, mostly still in my life now it's I've managed to make the changes that I need to but every so often I, I can feel it started you know that sort of feel it in my arms of like oh what's happening this isn't right and and now I've got that observational power to intervene before it becomes this big eddy before it becomes this like oh my god it's really bad uh, to just like notice when it's just moving a little bit and it's like oh yeah okay actually I need to give this attention now what do I do Mm-hmm. And I yeah. managed to write cultural emergence without getting repetitive strain injury. I think that is the uh, the sign of a successful design there <laughs> for myself. And and uh, yeah, the the trick to it was having a, a sit stand desk. <laughs> actually, yeah, that was that. And and so I could at any time stand and um and move and put music and dance while I write it while I wrote which I think has also created um quite a little quite a lot of flow in the book mm-hmm. from being able to do that mm-hmm. I, I love that idea that the solve the process what is it, as of the outcome the, the idea that if you're in a state of flow and um peace or whatever you know if, if the process is beautiful the outcome is a lot more likely to be beautiful and so on. Mm. Um, hey, did you want, would you be up for sharing? You talk about cycling back to integration is quite a significant anchor point to share a few words about that as, as we, as we head towards wrapping up. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. So within um, the acronym SADIMET, we've got the word D for design. And I, while I was finding my acronyms um, or not finding the acronym, I, I was thinking about this of like, why do you have this stage that is called design? Like, isn't the whole thing a design? And, and actually maybe alluding to what you were saying there, the D being a noun, um, it, you know, there's having it as this one stage suggests that 
this this part of it is the design this one stage and there's what's outside of that the action plan of getting it done or the surveying is not part is not the design totally can i just, I'm just gonna jump in there it's 100 like i the, the, and another book has come out recently called building your permaculture property and it's it's not limited to that book it's so common and it's just a clear logical fallacy it's like here's a design here's a five-step design process and one of the steps is called design <laughs> you know yeah. it's just like it does, just doesn't stack up <laughs> yeah so that so so i use the word integration instead um and and say the whole thing is the design and and here's the point at which you pull it together, you make decisions, you go through your needs and find ways to meet your needs. And um, in a land-based design, it's quite easy to end up with a map to say, here's the map, here's the design. Um, you know, that's often like what you might be presented with is as the design is this map of or this planting plan or whatever. Um, when it's a people-based design it's a bit um, trickier to create that visual representation of the design so I um, so I call it integration and that's where we really start to bring all the information from the other anchor points so the integration anchor point is really uh, well and truly connected with every other anchor point and and it, it has this um, in breath, out breath between um, between the other anchor points as well. So we might um, find out what our needs are, and then go to ideas of like, well, okay, if our need is exercise, um, actually, there I could go to ideas and find five hundred different ways to meet that need of exercise and. Um, and and so that's in the ideas but then I need to bring it back and actually make a decision and say well okay I'm uh, actually rock climbing isn't for me and um you know but actually dog walking okay I can do that so that is going to be my main form of exercise and uh, maybe some yoga will do some exercise as well and um and then so we so then and then it's like okay well if that's um then I need to look at the limits and think oh well actually I haven't got a dog so maybe that isn't the right one for me and uh, uh, you know or, or or helps oh I've got a friend who's got a dog I could go dog walking with with, with her so so then that's that pulsing between the anchor points um and so with the integration anchor point, it, the starting point of it is to really be clear on what your needs are and to express them as verbs so that they're something you're increasing or you're finding or you're enhancing or you're decreasing or you're producing. or uh, And that shift actually from, it's interesting that that noun to verb shift really helps you to be clear on whether it is a need there and then once you have your need then you find ways in meeting your needs and the integration anchor point is really all about making decisions and being clear on what you need and how you're going to um 
meet those needs in as a regenerative way as possible. And that's where you can start creating these overlaps between the systems as well and bringing in some of your other permaculture principles like having backups mm-hmm. yeah like a key a keystone anchor point or something yeah yeah i would call it the keystone anchor point actually yes but yeah. the, in until you have done the integration anchor point you're not really yeah you haven't completed the design um and it, it was the it, it is the anchor point that people um it, i noticed that people were less intuitively understanding mm-hmm. that some of the other ones like appreciation people were just getting it and understanding it but integration they weren't quite sure what does that mean and what do i need to do so i really expanded fully on that in the in cultural emergence when i revisited it really gave that extra attention totally yeah yeah that that was that case where i mean maybe it's for another time but there's in a way there's a there's a design another design process nested within the anchor point within the design web <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you get another layer hey well, one thing just for my clarity i was i was curious i pulled this out you said while we move through the anchor points there are four activities that we are participating in the reason it grabbed me is you said you showed them as a flow although they can overlap with each other which is again is acknowledging that these things aren't necessarily separate steps they can be simultaneous and contemporary and the first it was layered observation skillful questioning and exploration convergent thinking was it and then and then moving into action hmm. and so so the, the, there's sort of a loose correlation with some of the phases the, the seed and growth and fruiting and, and so on and and there's also some of them correlate more with like integration but they is that how you see them it's just sort of a, a um, another kind of lens into what it feels like to move through the web or yeah i think it's that you can kind of keep going through this so you can keep pulsing through it so you might have got to then this action Mm. and again this comes back to this not being in this design trap that you can't have any action until you've done all the observations you possibly can until you've done all the skillful uh activities you possibly can until you've done all of the uh, convergent thinking and only then can you move into action no you might have one observation that's led you you know that's led you to a question that's cut through something that's given you one step forward you know Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. and then having made that one step forward then the landscape looks a bit different to what it did one step before and you have to carry on your observations so this observations is an ongoing process and I know some people have said to me like why isn't observation one of the anchor points and it's like well because it's all observation you need you can't just do it once you need to be constantly observing so when you're doing your limits and you might be writing yourself a a checklist you need to also be observing 
what's happening in your emotional body uh, and your physical body as you're writing that checklist and you might suddenly come across one that that is just like feels really charged and you're like oh okay what's what's this what's happening here and so you if you turn if you had observation as one of the anchor points you might feel that you've done it Mm, totally yeah yeah that's that's a a second focus of mine not only dissolving that false split of design and implementation but it's almost even worse this idea of the observation tick so what, what yeah. you know so so then what are you you're, you're blindfolded for the rest of the it's like you know you keep observing the whole time so that's neat yeah, it's neat it's neat to see you engaging with that as well yeah because things keep on changing and it's like there's there's layer and that's what i said layered observation as well mm. so you're observing the outside context and the inside context and your feelings and your thoughts and the body language of someone else so if you're in a group you're observing many layers of the group dynamics and the body language and the creativity of the group and the history of the group and 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 you know it's it's many layers of what what needs to be observed and too many to 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 kind of do all at once and it's it is this dynamic process and as you said it's like the finger pointing at the moon it's like we're we are people in this system and we're never going to have all the answers that design and designing as as we're saying it's a verb it's a support for us on our journey it can help us move towards more regenerative solutions more healthy um, processes and it's not going to be an end point it's not going to enable us to have all the solutions at once it's going to guide us and support us on our journey um it's not going to be the magic solution to everything all at once (laughs) it it takes time (laughs) yeah and and it's like healthy emergent design process is a complex living system and i think as i said at the start i think you've done an admirable job which of course itself is always going to continue to be in process and I, you know it's lovely to feel even in this conversation that yes you know you you have locked down it's still growing and evolving yeah. but i think it's in, it's amazing how you've you've honored so many aspects of some of the flavors of what it means to 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 bring our design processes back to life our design and creation processes back to life and to give people like permission and invitation or just like to support flow to get things rolling it's exciting so i'm i'm, I'm excited that having gotten you on the show has has motivated me to to engage with your work and so now it's 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 lovely mm-hmm. to have it as a reference in the land in the landscape of permaculture design so this is dan editing afterwards there's a glitch here and my computer died um but luby we came back and luby is sharing a top tip for anyone interested in getting up and running with the design web so yeah that's my um my top tip for people to do contained quick designs that they can reflect on and learn lessons from and inspire them and and yield benefits from that design as well so that they're immediately empowering themselves to do more and that is 
where we started from uh, in the conversation about that using emergence to support emergence so those quick designs can actually benefit us to release energy and uh, inspire us to do another design yeah beautiful coming back to that that's acknowledgement that we're all designers all the time and we become we can become more conscious of that fact mm. and it can get deeper and more exciting and more emergent and in fact it needs to or we're all screwed <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it does tend to and I, I think that's a great um point to leave our listeners on there is we are all designers and what we're doing is unca- uncovering our innate abilities by using these conscious design processes yeah, so if you would like um, me to come back, we had an idea um, that if uh, that we could guide you through the design process to, to create a quick one of these quick contained designs that I've been talking about here. So if you would like to hear this, we are suggesting to write in the comments and uh, share this podcast, and we'll see when we've got enough momentum behind that we could uh do a lot uh interactive podcast for people on the design web oh yeah that that's great so make make a comment if you can if, if there's enough enthusiasm and interest we'll organize that and figure out the details we'll see we'll see what emerges <laughs> see what yeah there's all sorts of possibilities put your ideas in well let's um Let's share that as a possibility that we're enjoying our conversation so much that we're open to doing another one that will inspire more people to become designers. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. And I hope people do join um, the seed course that I'll be running and uh, so that we can guide more people to become um, designers. And we've got the People and Permaculture Designers Facebook group as well. Thanks so much. I've really enjoyed the conversation and this chance to engage with your amazing work. It's really great to be in connection with you. Yeah, thank you. I've really enjoyed it as well. And there's, um, as you say, I haven't, I'm not locked into uh, my thinking around it and really enjoy these conversations where new things emerge for me as well.